0: Okay. Blog Talk Radio. Oh, Janice. Uh Listen, uh, Tony wants you to call back in. Yeah, I can. Okay, thank
1: you. All right. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Unscripted. My name is Tony Taylor, and uh, you're here with us this Thursday night. Um, Tonight we'll be talking about the magic of meditation, because in recent years, meditation has seen a resurgence in both popularity and practice. What it is about this ancient practice that still resides with us. Ross, are you there with us? I'm here. All right, Ross. Very very good. Welcome to the show. Um, I'm going to go ahead and introduce the both of you. Uh, First off, I want to say welcome to Unscripted. Uh, We are having some technical difficulties this evening, so I hope you'll bear with us if anything happens. But tonight, I'm real excited because we're going to be talking about meditation. And meditation has been a life-transforming force in my life, and I know it has affected other people as well. And if you're listening tonight, you probably meditate. You probably understand the magic of meditation. But before we begin, I want to say that um, you are on unscripted this is a part of the be unique radio network we have about 14 different shows we play every week and we hope you'll be listening in as we do that and if you are listening in right now and you have questions on meditation know more about meditation please feel free to call at 516-418-5651 that number again is 516 418 5651. Let me see if I can do our opening real quick. And uh, nope, we're still having some technical difficulties. So anyway, um, Ross and Bob, I'd like to welcome you to the show. How are you both tonight?
2: Doing good. Thanks for the invite.
1: Great. I know that a lot of people have talked about this show and are listening. Uh, First off, I want to begin with uh, Ross. Ross, why do you think has made such a resurgence in the last few years?
3: You know, it, it's, it's, it's um, amazing the, the way uh, meditation, particularly mindfulness meditation, has uh, become so popular over the last few decades here in the West. I mean, it, it, as far as why, I think people are just looking for something to bring them peace of mind.
1: Peace of mind, absolutely, Bob. What is your take on that?
3: Uh, well, it's it's almost counterintuitive
2: uh, for me because I thought, well, the, with the insanity that goes on these days, why would people turn to that? But that could be the reason. Just kind of what Ross said you're you're looking for some sort of uh, of centering and uh, and stress reduction and and to get away from the insanity that we we see, we hear all the time.
1: Uh, Bob, what attracted you to meditation?
2: Well, it was actually kind of accidental. Uh, It was something that I was curious about for years and years. And I was at a meeting, and this goes back to 2005. I was at a meeting, and one of the women there just almost mentions offhand that they're going to start a meditation group. And I said, well, that sounds interesting. I'll, I'll, I'll try it, you know, which I did. And I took to it immediately it, it was just something it was just uh, relaxing on one hand and energizing on the other and uh, from there we, we met uh, weekly uh, at, a, at this woman's office and uh, as time went on uh, we lost our space there and we tried meeting at people's homes that didn't work out so well it was a hit and miss and one day I pick up the newspaper and there was a little article in there this was early in 2006 and it was a Buddhist program called uh, Change Your Mind Day, and it was at uh, this church that I had just started uh, attending, the Unitarian Church, here in Orlando. And uh, it was it was just an amazing experience uh, to walk into that room with these with these people that were just calm and serene with all this activity going on. And uh, Ross was the one of the leaders there, and uh, he had a group, an ongoing group at the time at the church. So we started attending, and the rest is history. I've been going,
1: haven't, only missed a few weeks of all this time. Ross, what was your attraction to meditation? How did you get involved? You know, it's, it's
3: crazy how it happened. I was uh, 19 years old, uh, living in Miami, and attending uh, what was then Miami-Dade Community College. And I had a, a class in basic accounting. And the professor, uh, a guy by the name of Bob Le- uh, Leshen, had mentioned uh, almost offhandedly that he had a meditation group that met in his home on Sunday nights and anybody was welcome. And for whatever reason, um, I was curious enough to go. I, I never really thought about meditation before that um, at all or, or considered myself the kind of person who meditates, whatever, whatever that is. So I went, and um, something about it just uh, attracted me. There was a curiosity, um, you know. I, I had like so many people. I always was looking outward for um, for everything, and just thought that life was about looking outward. And there's this whole other journey of looking inward that I right. like, was exposed to, you know. And from there, um, you know, gosh, it's been, uh, you know, four decades, four and a half decades.
1: Forty years. Wow. I've had
3: a, yeah, I've had a, a meditation practice, and I've I've uh, taught meditation uh, to other people, um, been part of meditation groups. Um, it's been a good, a good, an important part of my journey. Although, I don't want to, I don't want to yab on here forever, but I, I, I want to say meditation. Can do some fantastic things but it's not a a fix for everything but it's been an important part of my my life journey
1: How do you think guys, how do you think uh, physically meditation works with uh, relief and with relief of stress throughout our life
2: I can chime in on that Um, essentially uh, meditation will help you quiet your mind down a little bit and the, uh, the ongoing dialogue that's always in your head. And, um, uh, with, with, and it's also fair to say that meditation is a practice. It's not something you just do once and then forget about. It's an ongoing practice. Sometimes you can get a little bit out of it if you only sit once or twice, but the real benefit is sitting on a regular basis. And uh, that was part of one of the gifts that I got from meditation was re- uh, re- reducing my stress. And uh, uh, there's plenty of other things, and it's basically been proven scientifically that there's a lot of other benefits, too. But, again, it doesn't apply to everybody. Um, uh, there's probably some people that that can't, I guess, that can't sit. And what I hear very often from people that are new to our groups is they say I can't sit in meditation because I can't stop my mind from running. I said well that's that's everybody. That's, that's being a human. Right? Uh, right your mind right. wants doesn't want to it can't stop thinking, you know? But you can mitigate it to a degree by by focusing on your breath or an object of uh, of concentration.
1: When you say focus on your breath Bob, um, what what do you mean by that?
2: Well, basically, you just that's what you think about is your next breath that's
1: coming, and you follow the intake of
2: your breath and then the the outflow of your breath and you do this over and over and over people that are new will using a sometimes use a counting method and uh and then uh it's it's almost impossible to stay with it though i'll, I'll tell you that right. It, right you you it's it's rare and especially in the beginning before i'll hardly ever get up to ten. <laughs> And and, my, and something, my mind would drift away, but that 's the practice. You realize that your mind has drifted away, and you come back to the breath, and you do this over and over and over, and you get better at it as time goes on.
1: Oh. Hey, hey, Ross, I want to build on that. When you approach a new person who comes into meditation, how do you explain, or how do you introduce that person to the practice?
3: Do you mean how to do, how to do introduce them to the um, sort of the nuts and bolts of how to do it, or right, right introduce?
1: Well, what, well, to what keep Bob it. was saying was that you know it, it is difficult, and as a, as a person who does practice meditation, I can completely agree with it. It is difficult when you begin to kind of uh, to kind of calm the mind. How do you approach people? that are new to meditation or that are interested in meditation, how do you approach them as to how they get started? Right. Well, Bob was spot
3: on a moment ago. It's, you know, awareness of the breath is how, is the way I start everyone. You sit comfortably um, with your eyes softly closed and be aware of the breath entering and leaving the body. Uh, either uh, the rising and the falling of the abdomen or at the nose tip and and everyone will note that the mind will wander and i always tell people please don't consider that that's a problem or that you're somehow doing it wrong but where the practice happens is in that moment of awakening oh My mind's wandered. I've been thinking about, you know, what I'm going to have for lunch or whatever it is. That moment of awakening and coming back to the breath, which we call the primary object, that's when mindfulness can strengthen. And that's when awareness can get deeper. And the primary object doesn't have to be the breath. It can be sounds. It can be anything that comes in through the senses. But the breath is always accessible, and it's, for a lot
1: of reasons, a very good uh, object for our uh, practice. Very good. Um, My question, though, is how have you seen it in your own life transform um, the way you approach different circumstances that happen in a day or in a week or in a month? How, how How has meditation... Been able to change your perspective on those events that happen within your life e- during a week, right? Well, let's
3: let me address that with respect to uh, difficult events because pleasant events are easy to handle, right? <laughs> okay. So, so difficult events. Um, sometimes, what will happen in a, a difficult event is I will get completely caught in the event. But the meditation, what that does, what that's done, is allows me to see that I'm caught and get out of the difficult mind state more quickly. Other times, I won't get caught, but I'll see that I'm about to react uh, in a negative way, and I'll just all of a sudden just see clearly, oh, that's the road I'm about to hang a right on is suffering lane, if I, if I don't make that turn, I don't have to suffer. Um, that's a really key benefit is to
0: just avoid oh, okay. the
3: suffering altogether just by seeing into, uh, you know, what's about to happen. Right. It's that moment, that clarity, that moment of clarity. Right. Bob, I can chime um, that too, uh, Tony. Uh, somewhat, I uh, would uh, agree with everything he just said.
2: Plus, you. Uh, you get these moments where you don't have control for a few seconds—at least a few seconds—you don't have control over your over your emotion there. But w- where meditation kicks in is then you then you become aware of the fact that hold it, you know, l- let me let me take a breath here and think about this, you know, and it, that's that's the uh, the the gift that you get from it.
1: Wow. Bob, why do you think some people have a, a, a type of hesitation towards approaching meditation?
2: Well, it's probably a, a few reasons. Uh, it, ta- it does take time because you're, you're setting aside time each day or each week, whatever the case may be. And some people feel that they don't have that time to spend. Um, it, it, it's, uh, there's two aspects to meditation also is practicing at home by yourself or joining right. a group and it's, right. it's a completely different experience so if you join a group that means you're going to have to go somewhere and uh... with other people and whatnot and uh... which is which is so fine but but nevertheless you do have to spend that time to get there and and whatever expenses there would be involved too and I, again you always hear from these people that uh... i can't quiet my mind down and uh... not realizing that that's kind of everybody
0: as
1: both both of you being leaders in the meditation groups and and have led meditation groups um do you think that meditating within a group is as powerful as meditating uh on a personal level uh more, more powerful for sure <clears throat> Because you yeah. you
2: don't want to disrupt the group, so you have this you know you have this uh, incentive to, to to stay with it more or less. Whereas if you're home and the phone rings or something, I you mean, know, knocks on the door or whatever, you have the tendency to uh, you know to break off your sit.
1: Ross, do you agree?
3: Yeah, it's yeah yeah I do. It's. Um Sitting with a group, um, I mean, some people have the discipline to sit at home or with a group or by themselves or whatever, um, and that's certainly important, but there's something that I can't explain that uh, there's a certain energy when people meditate together,
0: whether Mm -hmm. it's two
3: people or 200 people, but it's a certain energy that gets generated, and it benefits everyone who is sitting together. And some people listening to this might be thinking, wow, that's really new-agey. Well, well, maybe it is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: right. And, 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 it, and it definitely is making a difference because, I mean, you have doctors out there now that are not only prescribing medicines but also prescribing meditation just as they would an antidepressant or blood pressure medication. Um, do you think this is something that the medical world is starting to take notice of?
3: Well, the medical world has been taking notice of it for a long time. John Kabat-Zinn started a program at, um, I believe it was Mass Mass General at Amherst. I could be wrong, but somewhere somewhere in Massachusetts, where it was called Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction, and um he, he would get referred um, patients with chronic pain uh, or uh, terminal diagnoses, and they structured a program that uh included uh, guided meditation and yoga, but it was primarily mindfulness based um, and at first, you know people just tolerated it but as you as you know now this is a, a an important component of uh, treating people holistically, right? I mean, you know, I look at it this way. If someone who is dealing with a difficult medical situation finds
1: meditation valuable, well, it can't hurt, right? Right. Why not? Bob, what's your take on that?
2: Um, basically the same thing. Uh, it's been known in the medical community. Uh, I was uh, Last time I was at a hospital visiting somebody, I noticed that they have a, a meditation program there, which you normally wouldn't expect. And in the past, uh, that never happened. You know, And uh, I think people had this mindset, I don't know how many years you want to go back on this, but had this mindset that meditation was for these monks sitting around in yellow robes. Right. And, right. And and you had to be a part of a, of a certain order or something to do it, and uh, and of course we're finding out that that's not the case, and the medical community has has been aware of it too.
1: Right now, it's amazing. Um, uh, on a personal level, um, I was at a at a point where I was just engulfed in anxiety and worry and stress. And uh, I was willing to try everything. And I I remember I I kept reading that, you know, meditation, meditation, meditation. And I was just so uh, on edge with myself that I I decided, you know, I found the group that you both founded, uh, the Orlando Meditation Group. And um, I decided to go. And I remember I was at my sister's house when I decided this. And she said, well, you know, I'll go along with you just to see – um, you know what it's about, and support you, so she went and um, after that first day with Ross, uh she was definitely involved with meditation, and I saw a definite transformation in her life, as in you know she was slow to a lot slower to anger, she was a lot more patient, she was a lot more focused and my question is, um, how do you guys see meditation? As a transformative force, Ross, you want to well, take that first? Let me, yeah, let me jump in on this. Um, something you just said, very important, Tony. Okay. And um,
2: basically, how should, well, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> but uh, you were talking about um, uh, your sister coming to meditation, right? And uh, what, what else did you say? I, I just lost my train of thought. Well,
1: I just, I just saw, I just saw a, a, this incredible transformation. Oh, oh in well, that's right. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh,
2: what I noticed during meditation that that any changes that were happening within me were very subtle, and I uh, and I I didn't really uh, credit them all that much to meditation. But right. what did happen is the people around me noticed the changes, and right. the, the same thing you just said uh, concerning your sister, and uh, and uh, that was awakening for me. I said, "Well, it, this is apparently working. There's proof right
1: there." You know, what is there? What, what is there about meditation that 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 has this transformative force? I mean, what is it? What is it about the the process? you think that allows a person to well basically rapidly change. Ross, what do you think?
3: Well, you know, when you when you watch meditation is really about observing the mind. And right. when you observe the mind, you get to know it. And as you get to know it, you see what actions and inactions cause more suffering and just naturally start to lean in directions uh, away from suffering and more toward peace. Now, uh, some people, the, the uh, transformation can be uh, very rapid and very deep. Other people, it's more subtle and long-term. And some right. people, it might not work for at it all. It just And those are people who should find another, another modality. But she mentioned, uh, Tony, a moment ago about the anxiety. And this is a big, a big concern. I've, I've read in different um, media in the past couple of years, that um, there's a very significant uptick in anxiety since, since the pandemic in our culture. It was high yes. to begin with, yes, but it's higher now. And even now that we're, uh, I don't know, on the other side of the pandemic, I guess would be one way to put it. It's there's a lot of lasting um, effects. So. So I think that that people will find that, uh, along with other practices, that meditation will help reduce that. I'm not saying that it's the only answer. I never want to say that. I want to say that it can be very helpful, um, along with other things, in reducing anxiety, increasing peace of mind, improving relationships, and so on.
0: Right, right.
2: And it it's been also proven that uh, neuropsychiatrists have measured people's alpha waves, and whatnot, when they were in a meditative state, and there's definite differences. So it's like it's not something that you're you're just maybe assuming that happens. It actually does. You actually rewire your brain to a degree.
1: Right. Um, now let me ask you this, Bob. Um, there are many different kinds of meditations. What are some differences in those meditations? as compared to maybe a meditation that you practice personally?
2: Right. Well, okay. Uh, Mostly I practice sitting meditation, and I I arrived at the age where I can't sit on a cushion anymore because I'm without too much pain. (laughs) And uh, so I sit in a chair. Uh, But there's also standing meditation. There's walking meditations, reclining meditations. And the reclining one is interesting to me because I can't really do that without falling asleep. So no. I use the techniques I use to techniques when i 'm having a hard time going to sleep. I use those techniques while i 'm in bed, and it works <laughs> but there 's all kinds and you can go beyond uh, just formal meditation too uh, for my, my own self is uh, anything that you 're focusing in on to the exclusion of everything else that 's basically meditation that, that could be music uh, for me, I do jigsaw puzzles and you 're concentrating on on everything the, the the colors and the the shapes and everything else you know and uh i think tech han once said washing the dishes is a form of meditation washing the dishes you only is a wash form of the dishes
1: <laughs> i gotta let my wife know that um but you know it, it 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 really is i know that there are different kinds of meditation but you're you're talking about being able to take this process and incorporated it into everyday living. Um, Ross, do you agree with that? I mean, do you think that meditation can be in almost anything that we do?
3: Well, yeah. I mean, if, if, if we're present with what we're doing, we're being mindful, being present with what's actually happening in the moment. Um, you know, you, when you asked the question, I wasn't sure if you meant different types of meditation within Vipassana, insight meditation,
1: Well, I I did. I practice and teach. I did mean that in a sense, but I mean there are different processes of meditation or different methods. Is I is Um, any of them a different? I mean, is there a difference in the meditation process within those differences in meditating? Does that make sense? Well, I think
3: so. Um, You know. It's true that if you're washing the dishes and paying attention to what you're doing and just keep coming back to the moment, that's, that's a form of, of meditation. Um, yet my experience tells me that valuable though that may be, um, the, the deeper work gets done in silent sitting meditation.
1: Okay. And mm-hmm.
3: also walking, walking, but mostly the sitting.
1: I got it. I got it. Right. Um, gentlemen, we're going to take a really quick break, real quick, and then I want to return because I want to talk about how a person who knows nothing about meditation can approach beginning the process of, medica- of meditation. I'm sorry. So uh, <laughs> let's uh, take a Dude. moment for a break. And we'll be right back with Bob and Ross and meditation. And it looks like I'm still having technical problems. So let's skip through the advertisements there. And uh, what we want to talk about is if I was a new person and I, like years ago, when I uh, entered into uh, my first meditation meeting – How would you approach that person in beginning the process? How does meditation begin um, with a person who does not know anything about it? Uh, Bob, you want to take this? Uh,
2: Sure. Um, I would say that basically you give the basic instructions and point out the fact that they've already been meditating at different points of their life and just to to enhance... Uh, oh, wait a minute, or, wait a minute
1: Bob. Let me, let me interrupt you for a minute. You said they've already yeah. been meditating throughout their life. What well, do you mean by that?
2: By doing things like washing the dishes or any activity that you're focused on, so in a way, they've already been meditating. So you explain the basic structure of it. You can also suggest a guided meditation or even use a guided meditation where you'll have right. somebody's voice uh, explaining the, the uh, what would you call it, the mechanics of it. Okay. And uh, uh, and hope they'll come back. <laughs> some people Right,
1: don't. definitely. Definitely. <laughs> I I certainly did. Ross. Um, but then again, again uh, let me continue on a little bit on that. Then again, oh, okay. sometimes
2: okay. planting the seed of the fact that they went to a meditation group and they sat with some people or they sat alone or they listened to a guided meditation and maybe they'll say, well, this doesn't work. Then maybe years later, they'll have another opportunity and it will work then, you know.
3: So you're planting a seed.
1: Right. Ross, how do you plant that seed?
3: You know, it just it depends on the, on the person, really. I mean, but overall, I like to keep it simple. You know, sit. Just very basic instruction on sitting posture. Very basic instruction on breath awareness. And when the mind wanders, bringing it back. That's enough right. for most beginners. Some people... Okay some people uh, benefit from um, a little more of an, uh, an explanation of some of the background of meditation, um, a little more detail. Um, but, you know, it's not, this is not an intellectual thing. This is an experiential thing.
1: Oh, so I try okay. to keep
3: it, okay. keep it out of the theoretical uh, as much as possible. Right. Okay.
2: Yeah. Um, um, uh, Tony, I wanted to mention something else we talked about. I'm going to back up a little bit to where we talked about uh, how your brain is rewired. There's a really, really wonderful book called Buddha's Brain. It was written by a neurosurgeon, uh, neurosurgeon and a uh, psychiatrist, and they basically explain a lot of these mechanics that are going on inside your uh, inside your brain, basically, and. and, and how your brain functions and whatnot. So uh, continue on. Okay.
1: Well, my, my question is uh, there's such an emphasis on breath. Why is that the case? Why, why is breathing so important with, medica- with meditation?
3: You know, that's what the Buddha taught, um, you know, and, and that's what these teachings are based on. A lot of the more Western forms of, mindfulness, um, don't even see fit to mention that this is a no. best practice, you know, um, because afraid they'll scare people away or, or whatever, but, uh, that's what the Buddha taught. And, and one of the most famous discourses is mindfulness of breathing. Okay. Um, but, but as on a practical level, um, again, I'm not an expert on, or not even very well read on all the neurophysiology stuff. Right. But that the yogis have known for, for millennia, really, the power of the breath. In, in yoga, there's a practice called pranayama, which is not a, medi- not a practice in Vipassana meditation, but I, just, I contrast it by saying, this is a practice that pranayama is a Sanskrit word that translates to breath control. And um, doing that practice can bring one's focus very deep into meditation um, i I highly recommend it for anyone who's got a interest in that yeah.
2: and uh, expanding a little bit on that too but and I think this re- reflects to an earlier question to uh tony that uh besides following the breath, um, uh, some people will use a mantra and uh, okay. in some practices. i think Zen maybe does that i'm not too familiar with zen but i've I've practiced it, but not you know not in any depth. And the easiest thing about your breath is that's the thing that's going to be with you the entire time.
1: Oh, you're okay. Going to, okay.
2: You're going to be breathing the whole time, hopefully. <laughs> and uh, and uh, uh, so that's the easiest thing to put your concentration on. But there's other things you could. But the breath is the simplest, and it's going to be there.
1: It's going to be there. Now, does that directly affect? um let's say self awareness, I think so yeah mm-hmm. definitely yeah, I think okay. so too well, there's been a lot of talk there's been a lot of you know we were talking about the how the medical world has looked at meditation and the benefits that it has um why do you think why do you think meditation um what's a, I'm trying to think of the question um why do you think meditation um has had such an effect in the medicinal world? I mean um it just seems you know growing up myself from a a, a Christian background uh meditation was never really mentioned, and now we have uh proof that meditation can help fight addictions. It can improve sleep. It can help control pain. Uh, it can decrease blood pressure. Um, is this something that that has been known for years but is just now coming about in the Western world?
3: It may have been. I'm no expert at that. In fact, I'm, I'm pretty careful when I talk to people about the benefits of medication. And, uh, you know, sometimes people say, well, what, you know, what have you gotten from it? And um, and in all honesty, I could say, well, I'm not as reactive as I used to be. Right. And for me, for me, that's enough.
0: Right. Not not Bob to say any
3: of those other benefits aren't aren't uh, ancillary to it. And for some people, they they may, and for some people, they may not. I don't know about blood pressure and and all that.
1: I don't know. Right. Right. And again, this is just these are items that have been mentioned and. Certain uh, articles and certain uh, other studies, uh, particularly uh, looking at healthline online, um, they were talking about the bottom line was that you know meditation is something everyone can do to improve their mental and emotional health. Uh, the other benefit was that they can do it anywhere without any equipment or memberships um, but the thing that really interests me. Um, the thing that really sticks in my mind is almost as if, like, you know, like certain religions, uh, meditation has such a transformative uh, effect on the person. And does a person have to be completely open to wanting to transform, to, uh, to have meditation uh, make a drastic effect in their lives? I mean, does a, it there's there's a person that have to be open?
3: I mean, it's, it's certainly helpful to be open. Um, but if someone does the, medita- does the practice, right.
0: um,
3: certain, certain things will happen, Tony. Um, okay. Certain ch- changes will occur, and it'll be different from person to person. But someone jokingly said, yeah, I, I started meditating, and now all of a sudden, you know, uh, I'm having tofu for lunch.
0: You know, it's a joke, but it's like
3: other changes, you know, can follow. Um, right.
2: Well, I cut all my hair off, but that wasn't
3: directly related.
1: <laughs> so, okay, well, that
0: explained. it was gone anyway.
1: Okay. <laughs> Bob, I mean, um, you were you were. Talking, oh, I want to expand I
2: mean, on something. Uh, sure. Something that the Ross just said, um, you know, people that might not be open to it, and if they're not open to it and they don't have any sort of effect or reaction, you know, you're, they're not going to come back to it for a while, if ever, you know. But sometimes things will creep in without you wanting them, more or less. And uh, we've mentioned a, a couple of them Um one of the things for me I noticed was uh living or experiencing the moment and it's it's kind of a rare thing that happens when you when you 're sitting there and you 're totally absorbed in something uh besides you know music or something in your own activities you know right. and uh, you're totally absorbed in in the beauty of nature or whatever it happens to be and that's that's experiencing the moment and it would be nice if it was like that all the time, but that doesn't happen right. And, uh, Yeah, another another thing uh, we talked about controlling anxiety. Uh, I was able to use meditation a couple of times when I was going through uh, medical procedures, like had my eye surgery a few times and had kidney stones a couple times and all that, and. And I find this, and in the past, was really anxious about all that because you're going to go under anesthesia. Am I ever going to come out of it? What's going to happen? Am I going to be, you know, will I be healthy again or not? You know what I mean? And I started using, uh, I started using meditation when I was uh, like waiting for the procedure to start. You, You always have that time where they're prepping you and you're laying there and you're waiting, you know, and that's when your mind starts to race. And I started using meditation practice. That was very, very helpful. My last thing, one of my last things was a cataract surgery years ago, and, uh, and I had to be completely
1: still, and meditation got me through that really nice. Right. Bob, you mentioned a mantra. Do you have to have a mantra for meditation? No. And, 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 uh, for those fact, that, and I'm sorry to interrupt. For those that may not understand, could you explain what a mantra is before we answer that question?
2: Yeah, generally it's it's a few words that are that that your your teacher or guru would give to you and or maybe you can come up with your own i don't know uh, i've never had a mantra so i don't know i couldn't i couldn't give you an example of one but it's generally okay. a four word thing that you repeat over and over and over kind of like an affirmation maybe along that line
1: so you don't well, really I, need uh, a mantra do you have any idea or, on that uh, yeah. what a
3: mantra is I'm, I, yes, I do, but I'm not really well-versed in it. I've never done mantra practice to any degree, right. and so I don't really feel qualified to uh,
1: talk well, about Well, I mean, it. But, Ross, what's your personal opinion? I mean, uh, it, 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 I mean do you, you don't need a mantra for meditation, right?
3: Well, no, but some people find it very helpful. I mean, it's by repeating the mantra, sometimes the words alone – even if they're in Sanskrit, can have this energetic effect, but also it's a way to focus the mind. These are just okay. tools, Tony. Okay. All of these are just tools right. to help us be present with, to be present with what's happening in the moment, whether it's pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral, and to see into the nature of that.
1: Ross, why do you feel that's so important?
3: what uh'm sorry why do you feel it's so
1: important to be in, 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 in the, in the, in, in, why do you feel it's so important to be present at the time you're at i mean how does well, if, that, we're, it, if 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 we're
3: not present with what's happening, then our mind's off somewhere else and we're missing we're missing our lives we're missing the richness of it um and if we're not able to be present and really see into things right then we're not we're not in any place to, um, you know, to uh, attenuate any suffering, Then we're just going to be bounced around like a ping pong ball, you know? Right. So um, it's just, um, I mean, this is what our life is, right? Right. All it is is this is moment after moment after moment. That's all we have is our, our moments.
1: Right. And that could be a great explanation for how, meditation uh, attacks anxiety and stress and all of those things that we experience in our lives that kind of drive us over the edge and and maybe uh drive us through emotion rather than thought and that can be right. dangerous sometimes well.
2: Well, expand on that a little sure. bit, what Russ was just saying, it, it, like living in, the, in, in, my, in past years, I, I was, didn't have that ability really to live in the moment. I was always anticipating something good coming up, and then when that good thing passed, dreading what's going to happen next. <laughs> and uh, uh, never, I was, wasn't able to actually live right in that moment, and uh, it, it made, a, made all the difference.
1: Well, with just a few minutes we have left, I just wanted to ask the both of you, and, and Ross, you can start. Um, if, you, if I was going to come up to you as a new person and say to you, well, why should I meditate, and how is this going to help me, how would you respond to that question? Um, why meditate? Um,
3: you know, it's my, my, my belief informed by my experience is that the only real happiness is peace of mind. It's not, it's, it's not acquisition of material possessions. Um, It's not, uh, it's not our relationships, although they're important because, you know, you, you probably know people who are blessed with, with great riches, but still are miserable and you probably know people who don't have much in the way of money or material goods who are radiantly happy. So it's an internal thing, right? And with with and meditation will bring us to that. And the fact that it might help reduce stress along the way is just a bonus. Yeah, yeah.
2: And, uh, in fact, we talked a little bit about that tonight uh, about um, coming into a lot of money, say like through a lottery or whatever, and and for a lot of people that's a curse, but but that's yeah. what everybody wants, you know. And right. There's a, a the Buddhist concept there comes in. It's called uh, clinging and aversion. You want to hold on to the things that are good, and you want to push away the things that are not good, which is I guess human nature. But the whole idea is experience them both.
1: Hey Bob, let me ask you the same question I asked Ross. I mean, what if what if a person comes up to you, a newbie, and says to you, mm-hmm. "Well, why should I meditate? I mean, what's it? How's it going to benefit me?"
0: Well, it's would by
1: saying it can't hurt. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: is, right. that's, that's a joke that goes back with our group for a long time it can't be right, can't be yeah, hurt you yeah. <laughs> but anyway you you can kind of list the things that that are possible again this doesn't work for everybody but reducing stress uh controlling anxiety um there's a whole list of things here uh oh enhancing self-awareness which i think is living in the moment um you can here's another thing generating kindness a lot of times, and I never did this before, but before I'm going to take action or react to something, I'll think, is this kind? You know, it doesn't work all the time, but it does sometimes, you know? Right. Um, it helps me improve sleep, uh, controlling pain, and uh, when you're actually sitting, sometimes you'll get a, and we've, we've teach this a lot, sometimes you'll get a cramp or an itch or whatever it happens to be in, in your legs or something, and the deal is don't react to that immediately. Let it sit for a minute and see if the pain goes away. And the itch, the itch always goes away. And, uh, and if it doesn't, if it starts to take over your uh, awareness, then scratch the itch or move to alleviate the pain. But don't do it right away. To Give it a little time. Uh, and, uh, I think we mentioned decreasing blood pressure and i think uh, i can't prove this but i think it happened for me because i developed really? high blood pressure like 30 years ago and uh it dropped like 10 points when i started my meditation practice right after i was into it uh, a little bit and uh it was uh it was an interesting interesting thing because there's no other no other change that i made that, that i could account for that now, again that's not proof but other people say it happens so who knows uh, the other thing is, uh, you can do it any any place, any time. I've heard this from a number of people that they're in a crowded room, like a, an airport waiting room or or a doctor's room or waiting room, and uh, you can sit in meditation and you, you're kind of aware of your surroundings, but then again, they're not intruding on your uh, on your process there, and it's uh... it's very relaxing to do that, and sometimes really intense too. Uh, I've seen them. I've tried it once in an airport waiting room. It was one of the most more intense uh, sessions.
1: Well, Ross and Bob, I really want to thank you guys for coming on tonight and explaining a little bit more about meditation and the benefits meditation has for everyone. And uh, I, I really I hope that you'll come back on the show and we'll talk some more. There really, hasn't been enough time to go into great detail, but it's been an explanation that has made things a little bit more clearer and I hope that our listeners the same way and uh, I really want to thank you both for being on the show tonight and uh, I, I, I want to say good night and well, thanks for uh, thanks the opportunity very, uh, very interesting thank you for having us yeah. all right well thank you guys and uh, enjoy your evening and uh, everybody uh, please join us again next Thursday on Unscripted uh, hopefully the technology behind this show will be up to par Uh, For myself, my name is Tony Taylor. I want to thank you for joining us. Ross and Bob, thank you. And uh, everyone else, have a great evening, and uh, we'll talk next Thursday. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Bob. Thank Thank you, Ross. Good night. Mm Yeah, that was one of the worst shows I've ever done. And
0: I should well. <laughs> nothing was <is> working. <laughs> I did that The <laughs> first Thank you. Mhm Oh. muito <laughs> <laughs> And then, it sounded like the director wasn't First time you mm-hmm. no, mm-hmm. is. At, That's okay. yeah. well, yeah. not About, talk about, you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. you know, you said about, about the mm-hmm. last mm-hmm. some under says, to that's, that's I under yeah. the bed, in the bed, so that could feel the and before That was to I was I to me, it's wrong Yeah, it doesn't matter where you are the these are Ninety. Yeah. I have a bet on, on the um, yeah. I feel it was Um, oh. here, here. 60 seconds. 10 oh, seconds. Hey That's another one I can watch over and over again. Bernie! out. Bernie, kick him. Kick him in the butt. He won't you alone we shed a Go, go, Tomorrow you can show me that where um, Oh, there you that. The best thing to do is watch. Parte- I And then I was trying to have you know, a thing. And I just of I don't know if it's a So, you know, morning, I'm going to do you think that part? Well, you know, the know, you know, you know, Thank yeah. you. from um. Thank i to you the I don't you want. Right. Oh I <coughs> i i i the I'm to and I It. it's a crazy business not like and you don't just walk on network show. I know it's all that. I know that's that so simple you those that come to me their and the way I did not for we get I really. Thank you. five seven, seven. <laughs> Okay. So, when he calms down, he put him in? di wow. everybody okay. okay. <laughs> okay. I <laughs> do Uh mm mm-hmm. Online, spend every day hustling for the brands you love. Leave a mark. Thank Okay. 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 Well, I'm sorry, okay. Oh I'm sorry. I don't I'm Uh <laughs> even Thank you. Mm-hmm. thank you very much, thank you. I thank um, Now, I don't know I'm I just don't know what i do. and I'm not sure it's fine. I'm not sure it's fine. And, and, uh, i And I really have to ask I'm trying to, have to. I do it, I look at my own mind, I do awful, awful things in my life, and it I'll Thank you. mm mm-hmm. I'm i i i And Thank you. And I'm That um, uh, wrong. i here. I think it's a Then i going to have a uh, uh, you know, yeah, Thank mm-hmm. you.